What's up, everybody? My name is Mills, and welcome to the NFT DGENs podcast. On this podcast, I will try and cover everything Solana NFT related, from market updates to project overviews to the latest news. I've got you covered. Welcome back, everybody. We have another awesome episode for you all today. We have Miles and Snappa from the Yaw team here to discuss the project, a peer-to-peer NFT trading platform, but it is so much more than that. Before we get started, if you enjoy this type of content and want to see more of it, please remember to give me a follow on the podcast, and if you're so kind, leave a five-star review. This helps me get more visibility and is greatly appreciated. Disclaimer, none of this is financial information and is strictly for educational purposes only. Without further ado, let's dive in. All right, so why don't you guys start off by introducing yourselves, talk a little bit about what you do outside of the space, and then talk a little bit about your role with the Yaw Project. Yeah, I can start. So uh, my name is Miles. I, outside the crypto space, I was actually working in a startup in like a real estate. Um, it's an app, so you can like basically find the, for, the find, for the buyer to find a seller and stuff. So I was working there as like, a, you know, the first few employees, marketing, copywriting, I did everything there. Um, started to um, see, I started to disagree with the, the founder regarding the vision and then, you know, Web2 stuff. So I went on Twitter and then started to buy my first NFT, which is a Thuckbird, and then started to tweet, create value, talk to people, ended up with uh, meeting Robo in the DMs, which is the founder. And then we chatted about, you know, what what I can do to help him. And then uh, he ended up having a role, which he wanted me to share on a Twitter post. Um, and then I applied it, I applied for it. And then it was more of a marketing role. And then, uh, yeah, so here I am. So my role here is about doing community for for your um, and marketing here. here. So sort of like a partner with uh, Snapper here. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. So do we do everything from uh, getting the product out there to people and then thinking if the product is good for people. And yeah, all things strategy, just everything except um, developing. Yeah. Nice. Sniper. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, so um, my background is I've kind of been all over the map. Uh, I, cha- I change careers like every two to three years, it seems. Um, and so my uh, for the past several years, I've been in digital marketing and um, kind of during that time got really into crypto. So my, um, yeah, I mean, my, my main job now, like my full-time job is, is doing Amazon advertising, helping um, Amazon sellers just advertise their products to grow their sales. Um, but with digital marketing, there's a lot more that goes into that as well. Um, so yeah, I was, I was working at a tech startup that was um, basically a SaaS product for Amazon sellers um, to help them just kind of automate a lot of the process. And so I kind of had some background with working with tech, working with SaaS, doing digital marketing. And then I uh, discovered Yaw. I thought it was exactly what the space needed. I was stoked to see it. And then um, when they were looking for more people to bring onto their team, um, I applied and I, and I joined the team. So I, that was about a couple months ago, um, but I've been wanting to get into the, I mean, I've been, I've been so deeply invested with in crypto with my own time and finances that I was just like, man, it would be great to, you know, kind of, make a career change, which, you know, still kind of pending. I'm not, you know, full-time in, in, uh, I didn't like quit my day job yet for this, but, um, yeah, I am on full-time with the team. So it's been an exciting journey. Right on. Yeah. I love it. I think, I think everyone's goal is to 
that's in the space right now is to kind of get here full time. And that would be a dream. So love it. Hope you get there. Yeah. Um, I think w- one thing that, that I think is worth mentioning is that on the, uh, the application, there was no question about what's your experience with, with NFTs, because I think we all know that, you know, with a mark, with a entire industry, this new, nobody really has any kind of resume experience, but that's one of the, the beautiful things about web web three. And those, um, you're not judging people off their resumes, even off their profile pictures anymore. Right. You're not using, you know, gender discrimination or age discrimination or race discrimination. Cause you're just looking at people's right. freaking board apes or whatever, and judging them yeah. based off that. Totally. Yeah. Love it. So, uh, I'm curious kind of where did, where did the, this idea for yacht come about and you know, why did, uh, everyone, you guys decide to build this? Why did you decide to get on board? Yeah. So I think the idea, um, it first started off where, um, so, so the, you know, the, the core developers of the Yaw platform, a lot of them do have background in um, game developments and game UIs and, and a lot of backend. Um, and so they, they kind of started off with this idea of creating a game uh, on Solana that people could play and that you could potentially stake NFTs. Um, but then as they were doing that, they realized that they would need, you know, an automated escrow service that was greatly lacking. And, and then when, we, when they saw that all of the scams that were taking place in the Solana marketplace, they just realized that the need for you know, an automated trading escrow uh, was exactly what this uh, community needed. And so they started building that out first, but wanted to maintain, you know, games in the vision as well. So they just kind of had this idea of doing gaming and trading and socializing and really everything that NFTs represent. Um, And yeah, and Miles, did you want to add to that? Oh, yeah. So, um, so they just saw the the ability to, you know, just help everyone uh, trade safely peer-to-peer. And then uh, with the whole, I, be, I believe, like, uh, I mean, from the white paper, you know, every the last three months before they actually built um, your, it was, I think it happened to be about $500,000 to $600,000 worth of scams, like of duckbirds and monkeys. Because, and then there was actually like a, I'm not sure if you know Mills and Snapper, uh, there were a lot of fake um, escrow service um, servers, Discord servers, where they would like get them to send their the money and then kick them out of the server, etc. And then they would like all fake. Uh, they would use names like Ceylon and all the the, the popular people from the monkey oh, really? guy and all that. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's many people get scammed, uh, got scammed out of that. Yeah, so it's a bit sad to you know just lose hundreds Solana in like one second. So because of this, then no more of that as long as every day people learn about the product. Yeah. yeah I mean, my, my personal experience was I was trying to um, do a, a 200 soul deal. So I was trying to buy an ultra rare piece of a collection for 200 soul. Um, we negotiated that to that price, me and me and the other person, but we didn't want to do the deal over, you know, magic Eden or Solana because, you know, between the royalties and the platform fees, um, the other person right, would have right. take, taken such a, such a big cut that, you know, I didn't want to pay a higher amount that would have given netted him 200 soul. But if I just bought it for 200 soul at the exchanges, he would have netted, I think like 180 or something like that. And so, you know, we had to do an OTC deal, which would have required some human middleman to kind of escrow for us or, you know, operate without that and just kind of do a you send half, I send half kind of deal. We ended up doing it where I sent 100 soul, he sent the NFT, I sent the other 100 soul. And thankfully nobody was scammed, but that was just the sketchiest. I mean, 
Yeah. I've been talking to the guy for a few days and he seemed like a cool guy and we kind of connected, but I mean, that doesn't, it was trust, right? Know, we tru- yeah. Yeah. We trusted each other. And that was the big flaw of that trade is it required trust. So we need, we needed a way to be able to trade safely without trust. Cause either he could have walked after I sent a hundred soul, or I could have walked and taken his NFT for half the price that I promised him as soon as he sent it over. Right. Um, and unfortunately there are too many people who trust the wrong people. Um, and it's really impossible to, to trust anybody online these days. So, um, yeah, a, a trustless way to trade peer to peer without using any human middlemen or any kind of, you know, trust element is exactly what smart contracts are able to solve for us. hundred percent. Yeah. I've had my share of experiences with, uh, over the counter deals as well. And luckily they, they went well. Um, I had somebody middleman one, um, the, this the creator of the soul, soul knots, but I mean, we trusted him with, you know, almost a hundred soul and then a, an NFT worth a hundred soul. So it's definitely, you know, you're, you're putting the trust somewhere without uh, a peer to peer platform like, yeah. And that's, that's what I thought was so cool when I, when I first found out about it, cause I've, I've been following it for a while now. And um, I saw it and I was like, this is just such a great idea. It seems obvious too, just kind of in the space, but nobody's really done it. So I'm glad that you guys, are putting that together for us yeah yeah you gotta thank the developers and the original team we just yeah. happened to jump in and um, shout it out loud there's so so much unnecessary like anxiety you know if you don't if you don't use a product like that you know right so you have to think like oh you know and then you think about the trade and then you think you know it keeps you up 100 yeah. percent. cool let's uh let's talk about the nfts um, I know you guys started out with the Solsteins, then you recently launched the Quantum Traders, which has had crazy success. Um, why don't we talk about kind of both those NFTs and maybe um, why you guys decided to also add that second collection to the platform? Um, yes. You're, yeah, you, yeah. Go, you go for it, Miles. Yeah, so um, before this, team, the team's first collection was actually the Solsteins. So um, I haven't actually asked them like why they did the soul science, but I believe it was just like the first collection where they decided to do something fun and then um yeah, so so I believe it's something fun and then they want to do a collection on Solana. So I believe like the drop didn't go very well for the like the soul science. So that was about like four months ago. So so just to fill you in on the timeline, the soul science came first and then they saw the need for your so soul science out first. The holders got soul slimes for like 0.5 soul. Then they created your and then they tagged uh soul slimes benefits to the your platform. So um so the soul slimes collection is a 2222 collection. Um at that point, if they didn't plan for your, so after they did your, they needed, I mean, we needed at this point we so um we needed like a, a better branding, right? Um to push for a platform like this, just a collection of two 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 isn't gonna be enough um in the form of like uh, holders or, or branding you know so we we, we love the soul science but because of the branding and then for something to be more um to push out to the to to, to others we we created like the quantum traders so the quantum traders is a is a form of like uh yeah maybe, maybe snapper you can you can help me here yeah. So the, yeah, I mean, Miles is exactly right. The, the soul signs were created before the idea for the all platform even existed. And okay. it was just supposed to be kind of a fun, quirky, experimental 
thing. It, it launched back at around, I believe it was September um, or so. So kind of during when all the hype on Solana NFTs was building up, um, the collection really struggled to, to sell out on the mint. They had to keep dropping the, the mint price just to, uh, so I think they started off, it was the mint was like um, one soul and they didn't sell out. So they dropped the price to half a soul. And then anybody who had minted at one soul was, was going to get an extra one airdrop to them. So they'd, so they'd keep the same price, but it was, it was very difficult to sell out this small collection. And then afterwards, uh, after the idea for the odd trading platform came about, they decided to keep up with their community of Solstein holders and give them, you know, lifelong benefits to the platform, um, through, yeah, I mean, everything that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, just a way to benefit from the success of the platform. And it was really funny that even after we started announcing um, all of these opportunities for the for the Solsteins to benefit, they just they really didn't gain a lot of traction. They sat at around half a soul to even below that um, for several several months. Even after uh, mentioning that they would be benefiting from platform revenue, there was just not really much of a of a great marketing appeal for the Solsteins. And it was a small collection of holders, about only 500 people, I think, were unique holders of the slightly over 2,000 supply. Wow. And, um, and yeah, and, and they were sitting at the floor for, you know, a quarter of a soul for, for quite a while. Um, but a big purpose for the quantum traders was to do two things. Number one, um, have slightly higher, uh, royalties just to kind of help fund the odd treasury more and just to create more revenue for the NFT holders. Um, yeah. because the soul steins were only at 4%. So with the quantum traders, it is an 8% royalty, um, which generates a lot more revenue and then also uh, expand the collection size, right? In order to expand the community. So by having four times the amount of supply, 8,888 with the quantum traders, you can get a lot more people involved in the project. And so already we're close to about 4,000 unique holders of the quantum traders. And I think now, since we've generated a lot of hype and the product is launched and beta is out, we're now up to about 1,000 unique holders for the uh, Solsteins. So already the number of unique Solstein holders has has doubled. Yeah. Um, But with the quantum trades, you see, we have a much bigger collection. Um, We do think it's kind of better branding that that is a bit more appealing to wider audiences. And it's just a cool concept that actually goes with the theme of having a peer-to-peer trading platform that's secured by smart contracts. That's kind of the ideas of like these quantum computing traders um, kind of like securing with, with smart contracts and making trades. And that's why we have like NFT featured projects in the art. Gotcha. So you guys started out with the Solsteins and then the, the YAW kind of platform idea came about. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it started being built. Yeah. We had, we had the initial alpha that was out and usable and people started catching on a bit. Gotcha. And then in order to kind of, well, so the Solsteins aren't selling great. You guys have this platform. You want to kind of expand your reach. You want to rebrand a little bit. So in comes the quantum traders. Um, and obviously that's worked really well. They're doing amazing. And then the soul steins are doing crazy as well. Um, so it sounds like it, it sounds like it worked perfectly. Um, is that yeah. kind of safe yeah, to say I, it worked pretty well? That's awesome. Yeah, I do. I do think it was a success, um, for, for both project. It, it just really helped, you know, having a new mint out there to build hype around and to get people to be retweeting and sharing for, uh, you know, in order to get access to like the pre-sale and all that. Um, it definitely was a success. And even just seeing kind of the aftermarket effects on prices um, as now everything is trading up, like, well, let's see for the Solsteins, it's like 30 times mint price. Um, and for the quantum traders, it's about seven times mint price, I think. 
as of right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, with the introduction of the, the your token as well, it makes it more, um, you know, people gravitate towards the idea of, like, having a token where they can um, benefit from the system. And just the source line itself, people may find it a bit boring. And, like, you know, when when a project goes down, it, it's hard to uh, to kick it up without having something new, you know. So there's something new was the coin traders and the, the your token. And, of course, like, the arcade and the games where people can take part. It was a mix of everything that was kind of happening in the space that was good in this space. Gotcha. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit more about the token and then kind of how the NFTs distribute them and maybe any utility that the token's going to have. So the, the yacht token can be used uh, as a form of governance so that the owners of the yacht token can control um, kind of the future of, of what those treasury funds should be used for. Um, but there's also the added utility just to, to, you know, support the demand for the token. There will be uh, a number of platform features that are exclusively usable um, for people who hold YAW. And so the you would require to be paying for these certain processes with the YAW token. Um, one of our ideas is, you know, the YAW auction house where you can set up items for auction um, so that, you know, you could set up for a certain number of days. But the longer your auction remains, the more YAW tokens it it's going to cost you, but you can't use SOL for the transactions um, like you can for, you know, some of the simple PVE games that we have or for peer-to-peer uh, -peer trading. You know, you can just use SOL there because we do want it to kind of be accessible to everyone and, uh, and, yeah, and, and create less friction with people using the platform in that sense. But for some certain features, especially some of our like B2B um, features that we're going to be, you know, hopefully having an, an automated escrow API for other platforms to use and integrate, uh, they would be requiring to pay that in YAW. So there should be some steady demand to the YAW token for the sake of utility and using it on the, on the platform. But then there will also just be the incentive for uh, traders who are looking for exposure to the NFT space without actually owning any NFTs because they don't like the illiquidity aspect of trying to get out of a position um, or they just don't like that they can't easily buy in bulk and sell in bulk with NFTs. Um, you know, the, a YAW token that kind of gives them broader exposure to the entire uh, Solana NFT ecosystem is going to be, uh, yeah, just a great way for, for anybody to get exposure uh, into the system and just grow with it uh, as we grow. So, so yeah, I'm, per I'm personally, and well, and the whole team as well, very excited about the YAW token and just for all of the opportunities that it's going to provide people. Um, but we, it will be backed in a number of ways. The, the first of which is just platform revenue, which already, you know, month to date between revenue driven from the platform and also um, just royalties driven from the quantum traders and Solsteins. Month to date, we've already made over $300,000 in uh, just in, in revenue and fees for uh, the Yacht Treasury. So that's, that's a pretty sizable amount. Like if, I mean, if we're only halfway through the month right now. So, you know, hypothetically, if that was, you know, if we got that to like 500,000 by the end of the year and you multiply that out over 12 months, you know, you got $6 million of annual revenue that's going towards buying back those yacht tokens to provide a, a steady form of, uh, to provide liquidity and steady uh, demand for the token. And then that token will be redistributed to the yacht NFT holders uh, through a staking mechanism. And so um, I think personally, it's just, a, I, I think it's a great uh, kind of just positive uh, positive feedback loop that yeah. our tokenomics has created that that should just kind of allow the whole space to grow in valuation uh, as our ecosystem grows.
Yeah, for sure. That and that's that's awesome. I didn't realize you guys even had that much sales yet. So you said three hundred thousand already, and I mean the space is is super is super small right now. So if the space receives any kind of exponential growth, and it's it's kind of safe to assume that you guys will receive some of that growth as well. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, and, and that is one thing that I do like about the uh, the quantum traders personally is that. Um, you know, if you are an NFT investor and you're trying to pick some project, you know, and there's one really hype project, it could be kind of sketchy if, you know, that project just loses the hype and people just like the space just kind of stops adding new users to the project. Then, you know, if, if you just slow down on, on new user growth, you kind of slow down on the number of people that are willing to bid up that floor. And then all you have is, you know, a handful of people who are trying to exit with no buyers and you can have, you know, a floor collapse and then the perceived value, you know, would be like this project's worthless, even if it's not. Um, but the nice thing about quantum traders is it is exposure to the whole space, right? Because the, our trading platform and our gaming, gaming platform aren't tied to just one project. It's all Solana NFT projects that can come, can trade, can use it. And so we do think it's kind of here to stay permanently and not just a, a hype wave because as the whole space grows, our total revenue grows. And so I think that kind of guarantees the quantum traders will, will be around here for the long run. Yeah, for yeah sure. it's like a Solana NFT ETF. You know, you can bet on everything because everyone's yeah. going to use us. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, I mean, I would, I would think it's a safe investment, but it's not financial advice, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Um, I'm actually curious. This is a question somebody asked um, recently on Twitter. But it's not. I didn't. I didn't uh, already have it prepared. Um, are there any competitors like this on Ethereum, and are there any other competitors on Solana that you guys know about? Is there anyone really doing this on either chains, blockchain? So, I'm not sure about Ethereum itself because I don't use maybe Snapper nodes. But I think before your, it, I know like. From hearing from our community, I think one there was one of the there was one of one one platform like this, but it was a bit of a scammy thing. But they came up with like the the idea first. Um, I'm not sure how that went out, but since I don't know them now, I, it's probably bad. Another two yeah. of the another two um uh, platforms that are kind of doing similar things. One is uh uh it's called marco polo i believe uh it's done by like uh someone in the decod community and another one is um the whole ecosystem done by the famous fox federation people um so i think the famous fox federation people are, are doing quite a good job in terms of uh, the different tools behind this trading system when they're where there's like you can box in uh, nfts from like i think like up to six nfts to one wallet for like uh x amount of foxy which is their, their coin um yeah so i don't want to go too deep in there um just both of them so marco polo and famous fox federation yeah. at least that's why i know i'm not sure if snapper knows anymore yeah, yeah there, or, there definitely are some on the on the ethereum platform there's a there's a, a few nft trading services um there are automated escrow smart contracts I haven't used them myself because the uh, the gas fees are too high, and I've switched over to uh, basically went all in on Solana um, around March of 2021. I think I kind of just started, you know, selling all my uh, all my ETH and, and moving everything over. 
But yeah, I mean, there are, you know, a couple other projects like the ones Miles mentioned that are uh, doing similar stuff in the space, trying to create safe ways for, um, for folks to trade peer to peer their NFTs. And, um, you know, they're great too. And so I'm not, I'm not too worried about there being others out there. Um, I think the, the ocean's wide enough for all of us to kind of grow together. It's kind of like with crypto exchanges, you know, there's the Coinbase, but then there's also the Robinhood. And then there's also the BlockFi and, the, or sorry, the uh, Gemini and KuCoin. And, you know, would Coinbase's revenue be larger if they were the only one and nobody else was out there? Yeah, absolutely. But am I still expecting Coinbase's revenue to grow, you know, month over month, year over year as, you know, the, the entire crypto space grows? 100%. So I think all platforms can succeed together. Uh, and so I don't think it needs to be a, a this or that, but I do think the Yacht platform has, um, has done a, a great job for itself with um, kind of getting some of that first mover advantage, even though I think the, the famous Foxes might've had some um, trading platforms out first. Um, but I think just with you know the way our branding has really been catching on on Twitter and in Discord, I think people... Um, are largely recognizing Yaw as the kind of household name for peer-to-peer -peer trading. So I hope we can maintain that, but I don't, it's not obviously, um, you know, it's not like there can only be one. There can definitely be several in this space and I think we can all win together. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's like having the same attitude that there can only be one type of NFT pro project that fills a certain role. Like there's going to be room for many projects across the board. So totally agree. Yeah, I mean, um, like the more the more the competition, the more it keeps. I mean, it's healthy competition, right? And then the product gets better and better, and we don't get complacent, and then all the users benefit from a better product. So it's good. Yeah, totally. Um, so you touched on some of the features that Yah will have. Um, did you want to go in any more detail on that, or is that kind of kind of sum that up? I know you, you talked about the auction house, um, different PvP games. Yeah. So a lot of, I mean, we have a, we have a very, very big roadmap um, and a lot of big plans for 2022, even bigger plans for the future. But um, yeah, we, we don't want to speak too much about everything um, just that we haven't revealed yet. Um, but we do, you know, the, the safe things that you can, you know, assume are going to be happening in the next several months that we have publicly announced are number one. Um, yeah. So, so the first, the first thing is that Yaw beta is out, which we were in alpha for a long time, which, essentially only allowed nft swaps where you could each person could could trade one nft at a time um but as of yesterday we have yaw beta out which allows multi-nft trading as well as just trading directly for soul so you, so you know one party can just sell a monkey and the other party can just pay you know 150 soul or whatever and doesn't need to require an nft in the trade going going back so that that was kind of our first big milestone that actually sets up um you know, a lot of the backend work that we needed to do for PVP games. So, you know, right now we have the rock, paper, scissors game out in which you can play against a bot, uh, essentially just a 33% chance of winning, losing, or drawing. But with the PVP games, what it's going to be is you can actually, you know, rather than doing a multi NFT trade or an NFT or just a single NFT trade, you guys can actually decide, uh, you know, let's battle this out. Let's, let's play around of rock, paper, scissors, winner takes all. Um, and you can, and we'll have some matchmaking rooms as well, just to help people. Uh, if you're just trying to, you know, bet one soul, for example, um, and rather than going against the bot, you'd rather go head to head with someone else and just kind of have that, uh, kind of emotional, uh, heightened experience of, of, you know, playing a game with, with something at risk, right. When it's player to player, 
it definitely feels uh, a bit more, um, a bit more enthusiastic, I guess I want to say, but uh, it's definitely a more fun experience. Um, but long-term we, we do want to build out a lot more of our games. Um, and we're also building out more that you can do on the trading as well. Cause we realize that's going to be where a big portion of the revenue is coming from. Um, but also games, we, we see a, a huge market for that. And so we're going to be building out both. Um, and then there's a lot of other things that I don't think we could talk about yet that are on the roadmap, but th those are the immediate ones that you can keep an eye out for. Yeah. I I wanted to say something, but I realized I don't think I can say it. So, fuck. <laughs> well, well, that that sounds like a lot of stuff, and that's that's exciting. So, awesome. Uh, so this this next question is kind of a loaded question, but where do you guys see NFTs in the future? Say two to five years down the road, and and how do you guys envision Yaw playing an instrumental role in it? So, so maybe I'll just go. So. Um, you know, you know, um, you know, do you know like the infographic that the Punk Six Five Two Night uh, posted, Mills? Maybe are you familiar with that? Um, sorry, say that one more time. The there's the infographic that was released by Punk Six Five Two Nine. It is just a Twitter account that 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 owns a uh, Cyberpunk. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I'm familiar with the account, but I'm not sure if I'm familiar with what you're talking about specifically. Ah, okay, no. So, uh, Punk Six Five Two Nine just released like uh, you know, it, it was just a thread saying about talking about how early NFTs are, right? So, um, from left to right, it goes from like uh, collectibles and then art, gaming, brands, culture, metaverse, off-chain assets, and off-chain governance. So we are still at the start, right? Collectibles. So, with the introduction of NFTs, the technology itself, we are only at the we're only at the, the beginning, right? It was art first. And then right now we are inching closer towards utility. And even at the utility stage, we are only scratching the surface on fundraising. So when you ask um, where do you think NFTs will go in the next five years or 10 years, how do, you know, how will your, um, okay, you know, just, just handle this uh, growth? Um, so if, if you see, if, if you think about what NFTs are, right, they are just ownerships, right? So uh, they, they, you know, they are just ways to prove ownership. So everything can be on the chain, you know, um, in, the mo in more of a practical way to talk about how we can do this is that, let's say, uh, this is one example that our founder gave. Um, so startup shares, right? Would, um, I believe in startup shares, everyone would then own uh, supposed to own like 0.5% or some some small form of shares would then be issued to you in uh, in the email you know and there are right now there are there are softwares that you can uh, that's issued by a company and then you can log in your email and then you can check okay you know you own 0.25% of uh, shares but at this point um you have to trust that in this software you actually own the the portion of the shares but there is a trust issue here which is what crypto and decentralization can help you. So when so how do we see this going towards? What if we can use your to actually trade com, uh, company shares, you know? Um, and that's a very, just very uh, simple uh, way to use NFTs. And then, you know, your, it, if, you know, yours like a, a product that we, the devs are working on, which only covers what we have now, which is JPEGs, right? But you would then expect us to, of course, change the product slowly towards what different, uh, you know, different ways of people would use uh, NFTs. Yeah. So when you say 
what's going to happen in five years. I believe that in five years, everyone will use NFTs as like shares, ownership to real estate, fractionalization and all that. And then we can obviously use this platform to transact um, what I just mentioned before, if that is clear. Yeah. So I agree with Miles 100% about basically everything he said, but uh, I guess my take on it just for the next two to five years, uh, I think the the most exciting thing about this space is that um, none of us really know what is going to happen down the road. Um, all I know is that uh, in 2021, the main takeaway for me was that I saw NFTs weren't going away. Um, so I think it's kind of similar to you know Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. A lot of people thought it was just a hype, a fad. Um, and then after enough time, they realized, okay, it's not going away. There must be something else going on here. And then more people started paying attention. And I think right now with NFTs, compared to how much headline uh, time they get um, compared to the, how many people are actually using it. Uh, I do think is an interesting kind of dislocation because, you know, when you see NFTs are selling for $69 million or whatever, that, of course, that's going to break every possible headline out there. That's going to make everybody think the whole entire space is a bubble and overhyped and overvalued and everything. But in reality, you know, the, the that was only one buyer. That was just one person that wasn't like, you know, a million people all, all valuing something at that price, it was just like one trade that that caught a lot of attention. And so I, I do think NFTs are catching a lot of attention because of these, these high level trades. But at the same time, it's a very, very tiny niche community that's kind of going back and forth. Uh, I mean, the whole space has less than a million users combined between Ethereum and Solana. It's extremely tiny compared to the population of 8 billion. But I think, you know, just kind of what we've seen in the last year is, is enough to tell me that they're not going away, that people love it. And as soon as I started actually getting involved in buying NFTs, I realized kind of why it's so much fun. You know, it's like Pokemon cards for adults uh, or, or Rolexes <laughs> for the internet. You know, it's, it's just, it's a fun thing for collectors. There is culture, there is value. Um, and so, yeah, so what we're essentially trying to do now, um, I mean, yeah, I could go on and on. I don't want to, I, I know we're getting close to the end of this, so I, so I won't, but uh, I guess for me to wrap it up, I would just say NFTs are going to grow. In what ways, we don't exactly know, but Yacht NFT is going to be there to facilitate in the, the trading and the socializing and, and gaming all along the way as this whole entire space grows. But um, there, there is no kind of limit in sight to, to what these, this new technology is capable of doing and, and the cultures it's capable of creating. Yeah, 100% as long as, agree. Like, yeah, as long as trading is involved, like in collectibles and everything, right? Just, yeah. So y'all will be involved when trading will be involved. Or maybe more. Yeah, I mean... I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to quote something from Gary V um, that I thought was particularly interesting. He, he was saying what, what really drew him to, to these is he's always been a big fan of culture, right? That's his thing, like culture, marketing, all these things. And what drew his attention to NFTs was that for the first time, it is possible to place a dollar amount on a culture and to see how much is this culture valuable. So, for example, you know, like... Hmm. In I'm from Orange County. And so you could say, you know, hey, how expensive, you know, Orange County has a culture of its own, right? There's a type of people, there's a type of food and eats and interests and everything and surfing, whatever. Like we have a culture. How much is that yeah. culture worth? Like what's the dollar amount of that culture? You, 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 you can't really answer that. But hypothetically, let's just say every person in Orange County who was part of the culture owned a, a, an NFT. And that NFT was, was part of your like ticket into participating in Orange County life. Um, 
you know, well, what would be the entrance fee to, to get one of those tickets if you want to participate in the Orange County culture? And let's just say they're going for like $1,000 a piece. Um, well, across the, you know, the 1 million people that live in Orange County or whatever, I'm not sure, you know, 1 million, 1 million people times $1,000 gives you a $1 billion valuation of the culture. And so that's kind of Gary V's thing that, you know, you look at the, the SMBs, the Solana Monkey business, and their total market cap is about, you know, 100, what is 115, $120 million. And so you can say, wow, like the culture, that community, like it is worth, like that is the valuation of that, of that culture. It's worth, you know, a hundred million dollars um, to be part of this community, to be part of what they're building, to be part of like their kind of investments and their meetups and all these things. So I do think it's a very interesting concept. Um, and I think it will, it will stick around in the future. Yeah. And I think you can put a price on the, the SoCal culture. I think um, the Catalina uh, wine mixers done that or the whale mixers done that. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or you could just say the cost 7. of living is your, is your price of culture. Cost of living. Yeah, <laughs> my man. rent, yeah. my rent is is my monthly membership fee for to Orange County. Yeah, it's crazy. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I agree, um, kind of with a lot of what you guys said. I think you, how you touched on it will be like shares of a company. You'll have ownership in a company, a culture. It's going to apply to a lot of different things. We we don't know obviously where this is going to go. I think it's going to be crazy. Um, I think last I checked, I mean, the, the Solana NFT space is, you know, it's under a hundred thousand users. Maybe it's, maybe it's grown since then, but it's, to me, it's going to bring in more adoption overall than um, Ethereum NFTs will be able to simply from the fact that the gas fees are so much cheaper. So your average retail investor is going to be a little bit more, the, the ticket to get in is going to be cheaper. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely interesting in two to five years to see where this is at, and I think NFTs are gonna play an instrumental role in it for sure. So this is a question that I kind of ask everybody, and it's the, there's really no right answer. Um, it's just it's just kind of fun, kind of like the last question, um, just to see what we can come up with. But uh, let's assume the four most important things for NFTs are team, community, art, and utility. I used to not have utility in there, but it's time to add it to there because obviously utility is really important. If you have to pick one of those, what's the most important for you and why? Well, Miles go first. first. Yeah. Most so important to <laughs> most important to to me, or like, what do I think personally? Or yeah, your personal opinion. Yeah, if you had to pick one of those to, to run a. A project on solely, I guess. Oh, what would you okay. what would you say is the most important aspect? Okay, it's definitely not art. I think to me at least. Um, so to me, I think it's more about team. I would say it's about team, right? Um, if it's a if we want to do a good project, we would then. Uh, this is it's yeah it's the most important thing team because, um, so team and then community because without the team there will be no community in my in my belief so. Um, when we start a project, right, there would there would be you know five core members, and then whatever energy that these five core members have, the founding team, all the energy would leak down towards the community, and you know in life, right, we we either want to be when we when we hang out with someone, we either want to be like them or we um, we are like them already. You know, we only want to hang out with people who are like us, or we want to be like them. So, in that sense, if it's a good NFT project. Um, you know, it's a good NFT project. If we want to create a good NFT project, it would then come from the team and 
whatever the team is doing will leak down to the community and then the community would love the team. And then whatever the community will be, the community would spread to the secondary community in a sense. And then that would make a good project. So I don't really want to, it's kind of like community as well, but I would want to say it starts with the team. So the team first and the community second, and then it goes utility. And then I think the last portion is art. But at the same time, the art attracts as well. You know, the art is a good way to attract people, but the utility forces them to stay and the team kind of forces them to stay as well. So I think the most important thing thing is team. It starts with team, of course. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No wrong answers. I mean, I like it. Yeah. Team first. I mean, I I think they're all, I mean, obviously they're all uh, essential for any successful project, but in more recent uh months i think i would put utility first because the way i'm kind of seeing it uh is i personally have two two types of nfts that i would want to own right now um i would either want to own something that is you know so expensive um it doesn't have to have any utility um but it's so expensive or it's so original it's so early on in this one nft space that it is itself kind of just uh, a rare collectible and a flex of its own you know it's like driving a vintage car or something you know i think in the in the future when we have holographic you know metaverse th- virtual reality someone owning a, a two a 2d image on the blockchain is gonna be like whoa dude that thing's that thing's old <laughs> you know um like I, I think that's why the crypto punks will always maintain their their value um and so i would so i would you know, unfortunately, not every people just think NFTs are all expensive. A lot of them do mint at like, you know, relatively expensive price. I think if you're just comparing it to just being a, a JPEG or just pricing it in US dollars, but I think very few projects can achieve the the status of being, you know, so expensive. They're exclusive to, you know, other people being able to get in. And those are kind of the NFTs, you know, the way I would describe it is like, if it's a Lamborghini, not all cars can be Lamborghinis, right? If all cars were Lamborghinis, then they would all kind of not be that valuable. There needs to be some kind of exclusivity to, to something maintaining that value. So I do think like with DGen Apes, with Thugbirds, with Solana Monkey Business, I do think those are some of the, the few that have really established themselves as, you know, OGs, um, as pricey, as having mm-hmm, that kind of cool component. But then after that, you know, not everybody can, can achieve that top, three top five status. So after that, to me, it's, it's just about utility. Um, and, and I think that's going to be the driving factor to, to help tokens stand apart when there are thousands of projects being released, you know, the chances of one of those newer projects becoming a 100 soul floor without utility, to be honest, I'm not sure if the team, the community, or just the art can take it all the way up to that, to that top. Um, I don't know, but I'm kind of figuring things out as the days go ahead. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think that's that's definitely something I've been I've been looking at um, how um, SMB and Thugbirds and certain projects how I I think that they can run on just being a PFP. They don't need utility. They just need the community, and they can kind of be that Rolex, that Lambo, whatever. But that's that's definitely a limited space, and that's it's kind of closing fast. I think, and it, it may it's probably already closed at this point. Um, but it's also interesting to think to see how um, SMB and Thugbirds now are. It kind of feels like they're trying to pivot from just being that OG PFP. I've been seeing a little bit in the the Thug Down and in, in the the posts from SMB that they're you know they're trying to do more than that. Um, 
So that's definitely interesting. Um, everyone always hears my answers on here, so I'm not going to repeat my same answer, but uh, I used to say community, but now I'm kind of more with team. I think if the team stops building overall and they're not motivated, then the project's probably going to die out. Um, yeah, so, so it won't run on community alone unless it's an OG project. I think it can, if it's just a PFP, because it doesn't necessarily need to build much. Um, so yeah, I'll probably say team as well, but good answers. So yep. I think we're, we're getting to the end here. Um, and this, this last question is, is kind of optional, but uh, is, is there any alpha you guys can share with us today? I know you've kind of given a lot of great information, but is there anything that hasn't been announced yet? Anything special that we can kind of leak to our listeners? I don't think there is any like specifics we can leak, but I will say the community has been very vocal in Discord and on Twitter about some new features that they would like to see. And uh, for some of those features that they are claiming they would like us to see us do, we are planning to do. So yeah. uh, there have been a couple of things in particular that have been very loudly spoken about and they are indeed in our roadmap. We just haven't announced it yet publicly due to uh, st strategy reasons. We can't just share the sentiment of the, of the community, what they're, what they're pushing for. <laughs> if, you, if you pay attention, you'll know. All right. So it, yeah, it's a bit attention. difficult. It's a, uh, a bit difficult, yeah. But no, no worries. Uh, I'm trying to trying to drop a few words here, but I think the moment I drop one word, everyone will find out. Yeah, so. we don't want to get you guys in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we have but, a meeting later tonight, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say the um, the bottom line, I think, is that the the cool thing about Yaw is that we will not ever stay in one spot. Like, it will not just be just peer-to-peer -peer trading like the the vision is the solana nft hub like the hub for everything for trading for gating gaming for socializing for um escrow services anything related to solana nfts we plan on capturing all of that i mean launch pads merch pads everything like we, we our goal is to grow and to be kind of the central hub for the whole entire space and so there is uh definitely a lot of long-term visions and and like i i do see us, you know, one day being kind of just like the the Coinbase or the Twitter of uh, the Solana NFT space, just like the one-stop shop for everything that you need. Wow. So the scalability is definitely there. You guys are going to eat everybody's lunch, it sounds like. <laughs> no, we'll share. It's a buffet, so everyone can, can <laughs> okay. eat. But we'll, we'll be cooking, I think. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> cool, man. I love it, guys. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks, Mio. We Thanks. Will, Absolutely. We'll Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Have All a right. nice day. See Take you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all for today. As always, thanks for tuning in to the NFT DGENS podcast.